so it's funny because Margaret, my wife, was just telling me, she's like, she just listened to our last episode and she told me, you know, you guys are really funny, but like, you don't ever say who you are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just apparently terrible at, at online marketing and viral marketing that I don't really care if this gets popular. Um, probably shouldn't have it linked to my link to like, my real name um but whatever you want like anybody who is actually going to listen to us to like view the first time they heard us it's like a me cute yeah like, exactly like, <laughs> i remember talking them talking about that cartoon song i hate that song but i love them um my own boyfriend hasn't listened to this podcast that came up in conversation last night and he's like well i'm not a christian it's like it's still funny it's still um relevant and you can poke fun at it so um yes this is a believers um book club you know take that with a bit of irony um as of last week too we started introducing music and music videos is going to come up um because as I discovered today, um, I really procrastinate reading books that I don't really want to read or that I know that I'm going to be like poking fun at. And it was just, I had to, um, felt like I needed to like hit up a college student for some Adderall or something to focus on this book because <laughs> there's some crazy stuff going on today. There is a Super Bowl that has a couple teams that I had to Google because all I know is a 40 year old guy is playing a football game. Um, so yeah. I think, so we- I think that the, the prediction I'll make about this game is that uh, somebody will thank God. Okay. All right. Somebody, so, so somebody will thank the, God for the talent to win this game. Yeah. Whatever happened to Tebow? I remember that was a huge thing <laughs> growing up. It was like, he's a Christian one and he's, probably not going to have sex until marriage and all that stuff but you know they, football they don't let tebow pray yeah that was that was a, that was a big narrative i remember yeah, they, that they, yeah they don't let they don't let tebow pray <laughs> um the ultimate christian persecution story tim tebow <laughs> yeah. oh <laughs> yeah maybe that'll be for a future episode if, if he has a book out or something but you um, uh you actually earlier this week in a message brought up a, a christian persecution story that i hadn't thought about for a while and that was uh uh john allen uh what's his Chow. name yeah, yeah john, john allen chow yeah yeah uh, that is um a super <laughs> interesting story i actually did not realize so he um he was actually from the vancouver washington area and a lot of the he's got like a lot of folk uh photos with like hiking and stuff and there's one with mount rainier in washington i'm like oh wow wow, this dude you know and he he's like a couple years younger than i was but um just to jog everyone's memory he is the one that um with a lot of warning and petitions from you know from uh, i believe it was the indian government um he went to a island um that is located east of india and this is like one of the last tribes that basically is pretty much uncontacted i think it's they the, still uh, have sentinelese right the sentinelese. yes and yes. they have they are like the only tribe that still exists that is still in like a paleolithic you right. know 
era of like tools and you know and that's because they have like a documented history of killing anybody who comes on their island yes <laughs> um so yeah this um i actually watched um if any is interested just just send me a message or something but really interesting youtube video i watched about him where they actually found you know all his journal writing that he wrote when he was there and he was just just so so convinced um that he was going to you know just mission to these people and he's singing songs to them and um yeah it's just and and he yeah he he got killed and it's um it's just a very sad story um I don't know why we're getting into this when I'm we're going to be talking about a a book today that um (laughs) does try to reach the hearts and minds of teenagers um I would guess, given the like, given everything I know about him, that John Allen Chow probably read this book. <laughs> he probably did. Um, I I believe a lot of people my age read this book when it was out. So this book came out in 1997. Um, reading the book, I feel like the first book we profiled, um, the Rel- I'm just going to call it the Reliant K book instead of the full title because um, it pains me. Um, there are a lot of, you know, you can tell in this book that the guys from that band probably at least, you know, at one time did read it or knew about it because I did find a lot of kind of crossover as far as where it's mm-hmm. talking about um, male-female friendships and okay. um, that that sort of thing. So that was that was pretty interesting. Um, the, the author of this book is a guy named uh, Josh Harris. He's from originally from kind of the Portland, um, Oregon area, I believe. Um, this book was um, done by, I think it's Multnomah Publishing, which is okay. also one you've, you know, I know we talked about publishing a little bit, but this is, I definitely remember um, that name growing up because it's, you know, Pacific Northwest based. Um, mm-hmm. But um this is a book that I actually picked up from Goodwill. I saw it. This is before we saw, you know, I'd heard about this. It was kind of infamous. Um, I have a friend that unbeknownst to me had read it, but had only read the first chapter and then was just like, nope, I'm, I'm not going to continue with this. And the, uh, the first chapter of the, this book is um, smart love, but going back into to the author's profile, he, you know, grew up, he, um he's one of seven kids um his parents were pioneers in the christian homeschooling movement so um these are all good things to keep in mind when you're reading the book as it's it's also from the you know perspective of someone who is in homeschool um and i'm pretty sure you said the title of the book but you and I are both famous for not doing that. So <laughs> it's, I yes. kissed dating goodbye. This, it is. I, I kissed dating goodbye, um, which is amusing because it implies that he was dating before and reading this. He doesn't really, I don't think he's really dated that much. Um, this was written when he was a, about 23. He's, he's in his, you know, mid forties now. Um, so this came out tech. I mean, this was out when I was in like middle school. So still a little bit, a little yeah, bit so, early for me. So I haven't read this book. This book came out like when I was like a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, I have not read, I don't know anything about this book. So I'm really excited for you to tell me. Yeah. And you can always borrow my copy. Um, <laughs> my Goodwill copy that um, has all my notes in it right now. Um, 
but you know, long story short, he wrote this. It's not his only book. Um, it did sell, you know, over a million copies. He oh, wow. also has, yeah. So it, it got <laughs> out there. Um, he also has books that he wrote um, after that called like Boy Meets Girl. Um, mm. One was called Not Even a Hint, Guarding Your Heart Against Lust. And that was from 2003. And it was renamed a couple of years later to Sex is Not the Problem, parentheses, Lust is. Um, Whoa. He, yeah, he <laughs> has a lot of publishing nerves, but, you know, that's not even, that's not even the, uh, you know, all of it. But um so this guy, you know, he's, you know, writing all this stuff. He's gaining a lot of popularity, um, you know, evangelicals. I'm sure a lot of kid, you know, youth groups read this book and discussed it. Um, moving forward, he and, you know, you can read this all on the Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. Please donate to them sometime. Um, he started... You're too naggy about their donations. <laughs> I know, but I had to throw in three books for all the, the help they've done. Sure. For all my uh, I mean, night college papers. I've, I've given them five dollars here or there. It's oh, just there you go. it always pops up. We are good people. <laughs> but um yeah, so this guy he started um he started kind of a conference for Christian singles in the late nineties and a little interesting rabbit trail I went on. So he started, you know, these conferences um with quote inspiration and guidance guidance from Louis Giglio I don't I hadn't heard that name before and it said oh he's the founder of passion conferences which does not sound pure at all to me no that sounds passion conferences yes so he has passion conferences going to that wikipedia page now um it's an organization he founded same year that I Kiss Dating Goodbye came out in 1997. Okay. And it targets its gatherings for, quote, young adults. And it says the 18 to 25 age range, most specifically college students. Um, They have a record label. They have a mega shirt. They have have these. Their first conference was Passion 97 in Austin, Texas. Um, And it's it's like, hold on, wait a second. So it's like a Christian singles church. Like that's. So this is separate from the conferences that Josh Harris, um, Josh Harris started the conferences for singles kind of where it mentions quote inspiration and guidance, guidance from this guy. um, So, so his passion's not for singles. It's, it's more for like, I, for that kind of college age student, kind of the, the spiritual awakening, awakening evangelical um, where, you know, whenever I look at these articles, I always look for like a heading of like controversy or, okay. you know, personal beliefs and, you know, it goes through and they've, you know, these events have been held at universities and stadiums. Um, you know, they'll usually have speakers who are preachers, you know, pastors, etc., Christian, um, music artists. Um, okay. And, you know, I look down, I'm like, okay, you know, this is like, this is like a, you know, Christian Coachella, I guess. Um, Christian Coachella. Definitely feel like probably a lot of college students have hooked up at these. Um, oh, yeah. It, um, sounds, it just sounds like it's like a Christian orgy. Like, yeah, just everything about it is like. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay, like, let's definitely gather a bunch of hormonal you know, college students, teens all together in one area. 
Um, and we'll call, yeah. we'll call it passions. Right. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. I would never want to go to those. Um, but then, so I go over to the guy who founded them, this, this guy named Louis Gigli- Giglio. It's not Giglio, sorry. Um, <laughs> Giglio. He, and so of course for, for his, I scroll down and I'm like, haven't heard of this guy talking about, you know, oh, these passion conferences, thousands of college students. And then I get to the part on his Wikipedia that says statements and (laughs) that's bold (laughs) um so there's there's two here and i thought it was important to note because this guy kind of inspired the author of of today's book i kissed dating goodbye um in january of 2013 he um gig withdrew from the second obama inauguration as at which he was due to deliver a benediction after it became known in a sermon he delivered in the 1990s that he urged Christians to oppose the quote aggressive agenda of the gay rights movement, he described right. I remember hearing about this. Okay, as a sin in the eyes of God. So I remember this. I remember. So that. he he noped out of there, and then this is <laughs> this is this was my favorite one. Um, in a conversation about racism with Chick Fil A CEO, you oh know, my morning, God. morning bells are going <laughs> off. Um, Chick Fil A CEO Dan. What, what, what do these two people have to do with racism? Why are they? Oh, like... oh, oh, oh! It gets better. So, okay, it's a conversation about race racism with uh, Chick Fil A Chick Fil A CEO Dan Kathy and rapper uh, Lecrae, who I had not heard of. Oh, Lecrae! Oh, I have a video for Lecrae. Oh, we cool. can do that sometime. So we'll meet. We'll meet Lecrae later. But he's he's yeah. basically he's like a Christian hip hop recording artist. He's, you know, performed at the passion events. Um, He's a, he's a big time Christian rapper. So this was just last year. This was in June of 2020. Uh, Giglio suggested that Americans replace the phrase quote, white privilege with quote, white blessing. He said that the quote, blessing (laughs) of slavery had built up the framework for the world that white people live in. And then uh, he issued an apology on Twitter for his comments. And I'm, I didn't even read the apology because I bet it was something like, I'm sorry that people misinterpreted my statements or something like that. So I'm sure I was like, Whoa, um, (laughs) this is Has has anyone ever given an apology that you were like, yeah, I believe you. I mean, only if it's people that have apologized directly to me and I know they're sincere, but any yep. of these, like these, these apologies where it comes out because they like found out that they had said, you know, or like, oh yeah, on Twitter, you know, I, you know, said a lot of racial slurs when I was 14 yeah. and I will know. say, I will say that Aziz Ansari, when he first apologized, I was like, okay, this is the first person that, that knows how to apologize, apologize, but then he did like some stand-up acts where he talked about it yeah you know, I remember you know what that. i'm talking about I yeah do. i was like just don't yeah um <laughs> but so yeah this this guy is you know tangentially connected to our today's author josh harris and what what was interesting we kind of do i i hate the term pivot um just like synergy um in <laughs> Do a Jeremy pivot. <laughs> in 2016, um, he said he was reconsidering the content of this book. And that's something Josh Harris. Josh Harris, the author of the book, 
said he was reconsidering the content and he um he you know talking about apologies he apologized to people who had said it been hurt hurt by their teachings um so like people have been like really fucked up by this book right oh yeah and i've actually heard that from from people as well as as far as that mindset of you know it's it's very relates to purity it's a lot of guilt involved with you know your thoughts and your actions and then in 2018 he disavowed it is the term on wikipedia and discontinued its publication so in hindsight i'm like oh wow i got this book from goodwill but you know you know why it's not it's not i know (laughs) probably messed up someone's life so Um, man this book must have really messed people's lives up if josh harris like apologize because that's i mean come on that's a move that's i mean that's you know you're admitting you're wrong and then so and um, and, and to get to that point you have to have heard oh absolutely you know what i mean like (laughs) and like to, to to stop publishing it at that point like you're giving up dollars so like you you think yeah. maybe, maybe i'm yeah, like, I mean, liable. like he, he nevertheless still has like he does have a pretty big social media presence okay. you know he has a tedx talk he has his instagram he um, i know that like his 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 siblings run revolution That's they like, do yep yeah um and yeah he's one of seven kids so they're they're all apparently out there doing their thing but um yeah, he he had basically said, you know, we're not going to print this. There, we're just gonna, you know, once the current stock is out there, just just let it go. And then there was actually a documentary too, um, which it doesn't say this on the on the Wikipedia, but it talks about you know their halting distribution of the film. But what's interesting is it's actually linked from his website. You can watch this documentary free on. Have you YouTube. watched it? I have not because we need, we need to get high and watch this. <laughs> high on God, right? Right. Russell? Yeah, yeah, that's a good stream. Um... Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm in the wrong business. Um, yes, so they have. He's actually promoting this documentary, and you know, he he says he's sincerely sorry, and you know, I'm sorry if people were misdirected or unhealthily influenced by you know. And it's, it's interesting because he, so he didn't, he did not, you know, direct the documentary. Um, It's um, this other woman directed it and it's pretty much out there for free now. It's on YouTube. I do want to watch it sometime kind of after reading the book. So, you know, just so close to, you know, it's, it's, it's like a weird time capsule because I've never read this book. It's from 1997, reading it right now in 2021, and then basically jumping to the developments that um, he's like, I don't think dating should be avoided. I think it can be a healthy part of growing up and learning about your partner. Um, so, and that's what he's saying now, right? Yes, that's what he's saying now. So um, in, in the book, does he like have that kind of flexibility? Is, it, is he like, is, no. is, he present, is he presenting, is he presenting this at like, uh like this is how it is or is he presenting it like this is this is my idea no he is very like and he includes a lot of like oh I've talked to this couple or this you know girl reached out to me and said this and it would be interesting to know like the demographic of those people because if he was a homeschooler it's like are you talking to these people in you know youth groups are you getting letters um sadly he so he had actually um 
he got married to his wife a year after this book came out and then they did announce in 2000 you, you, you said sadly he just got married okay sorry i'm getting ahead of myself sadly, i just love that i'm i'm bad at english and and using using no, them it just it just okay so uh the, the words are coming up on my screen because uh, marissa's got the transcript on and so i i, I read the line sadly he, he married you know his what? wife sometimes marriage isn't especially if um he did not date her at all um and then got okay. married to her a year after this book um but how yeah, does that they, work how do you I not don't... date somebody and then get married you court you you do courtship oh it's so just... like always chaperones i would have and no uh, yeah and and i'll get to this book like i'm just okay you know you're getting heavy and all I'm the, sorry. the I'm tips so, and tricks I'm really excited. I learned. I just... The tips so and tricks got... I learned not to be trapped in a room with no parents with someone you like. Um, so he, he, he got married and it did not go well because it was sadly. Yeah, I mean, if I, I would like to maybe date someone before I marry them, but that's just my <laughs> personal choice. But um, he he actually separated from, from his wife uh, okay. in 2019 and then he basically said... You know, I don't. He said he doesn't consider himself a Christian, even though you know a lot of oh, his social shit. media. Yeah, and I mean, it's it is well, interesting. Full, because, I don't believe in God anymore. Yeah, and and the interesting thing is, so this came in out in 1997, but he when he wrote it, he was about 21. So oh, so he was a 21 homeschooled. white guy, homeschool guy who he had everything figured out, like he. He knew the world. <laughs> yes, and it's and it's written very much um, in that pers like that perspective. Like you can tell oh, when you're man. reading where he's. It's you read this and you're like, is this like a pastor writing it? And it's like, oh, don't do this, do that, you know. And it's like, oh gosh, no, this is a 21 year old guy who I I don't think has any experience other than what he's heard anecdotally or like taught by his pastor or his parents um well, so that's was pretty 21 scary. year old josh harris woke was it no like, like is it, i'm just like is there any way that this book is not just completely sexist it's got to be just completely yeah sexist. there there are some very problematic quotes <laughs> okay. um I had my my highlighter handy. Um, there's a lot of it uses all these scenarios like Jimmy went to school and saw this girl he really liked, but didn't know anything about her. But he had a killer bod, and has all these <sighs> scenarios that, like, I will say the very first scenario in this book is talking about um, this girl who wrote <laughs> wrote to Josh in a letter. And told him about a dream she had. And the dream starts, it's all set up like perfect wedding day. You know, there's, you know, string quartet playing. They're walking down the aisle. And as they're doing their vows, a girl stands up in the crowd in the middle of the conversation, walked quietly to the altar and took the groom's hand. And then another girl came up and then another and soon a chain of six girls stood by him and this is this is apparently her dream and my theory is all there's multiple instances in this book where it's about dreams that he's had or this girl's something about i think this all made up for the story but anywho okay, so you don't um, think there is even a girl you think he's just yes okay 
so yeah basically this dream from this letter he got was um this individual this woman's getting married and this guy all all these these women women. comes up and they're like they don't mean anything to me they're girls from my past quote but i've given part of my heart to each each of them so basically it means like he nutted in them (laughs) (laughs) i had to It, it made it so poignant like, uh, like, like he didn't pull out on any of them. Yeah, he <laughs> like, probably has some kids that he needs to check in on. But um, so this is how the book starts. There is, there's a four. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's a, man, that's a, that's a great opening scene. Right? It's like, it's like this huge guilt factor. And I've, I've heard it. It comes up by pretty frequently where it's like, you don't want to be like, a used dirty thing for right. your upcoming spouse. Like you want to be shiny and clean, um, like a virgin. Wow. Like a virgin. <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, it's um, it's this weird. You know, as it goes on, he he talks about um, this girl's quoting, and it's like, how many times have you know? Do I give my heart away? And they use that phrase, and it's like, as you read on this book, it's like they talk about like kissing and sex and it's like i don't know i think they're using that he's using that term as just an overall like if you've been physical with um a member of the opposite sex because no gay no gays in this book because you know you know what's funny like as you like start to get into this book i'm in, in my head i'm like the audience that i could see really loving this is like repressed christian gays who are like, I don't want to touch a girl, so this is, this is great. And I'm just, just going to tell, tell these girls, yeah, we're not going to date. So much. And there, there is an interesting <laughs> part of this book where he does um, talk about, I think he uses the term like homosexual advanta- advances. Oh, um, yeah, because it's always the gays trying to get you. Right. Um, so he, he just, re- knowing this is written by a 21-year-old, he's like, oh like in high school I got seriously you know in depth with my walk with God and became actively involved in the church um this is an exact quote I put an I'm worth waiting for sticker on my NIV student bible and I promised to stay a virgin until I got married um he wants to make sure that you know he is setting this up (laughs) I know he only uses NIV so Funny side note, there is a quote from Elizabeth Elliot on the back of this book who, um, if you don't know who Elizabeth Elliot, she was married to Jim Elliot. And this kind of ties into our John Allen Chow discussion. Um, Jim Elliot was a missionary along with, I want to say, was it four or five other guys that were killed by a tribe in Ecuador. So um, (laughs) Elizabeth Elliot also after after her husband's death also wrote a lot of christian based books and did want write one kind of on you know like purity and relationships mm-hmm. so um elizabeth actually passed away i think in 2015 so this was you know this book was you know i would assume she read the book if she did a you know a uh, quote on it. Um, Robbie right. Snow, I applaud Josh's forthrightness, courage, God-given conviction, and ability to articulate a message that is desperately needed. Whoa. Yeah, so... Damn. But, um, you know, he goes through, and I do... You know, he talks... He uses all these different scenarios, like Ben started dating Alyssa in high school, and then, you know... <laughs> 
they haven't kissed yet, but their relationship was all physical and the Wait, what? <laughs> the the relationship's all physical, but they haven't kissed yet. Is that what you said? No, he so Oh, maybe I'm Sorry. Okay. No, he hadn't kissed a girl before that, and then he's like, you know apparently it, it escalated and he's like um they maintain oh. their virginity in only the technical sense of the word so okay like they're doing okay oh uh, yep soaking yep and uh our, our listeners know all about that because i use google images don't google um. image soaking use urban dictionary <laughs> but um, um yeah, yeah no i guess soaking's good right like that's okay mm. with with God, because like I mean, I soak my dishes when there's there's food stuck on them. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, kinda. I mean, it really does loosen <laughs> stuff up. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so as we Jeremy pivot from that, um, does would Josh Harris be okay with soaking? He wouldn't be right. Like he'd be like, no, no. Yeah, he'd be like, that's no. I mean, he has a lot of rules and standards and guidelines in this book. So he actually, as the book starts, it's, it's, it's very cringy. But the uh, second chapter is The Seven Habits of Highly Defective Dating. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So this basically gives all these examples Um, He actually lists seven habits and, you know, some of those are um, dating often makes uh, mistakes of physical relationship for love. Dating tends to skip the quote friendship stage of relationship. Dating um, often isolates a couple from other vital relationships. Um, So it's basically like, no, you, it's, um, he uses the phrase a lot of the gift of singleness. Um, which I <laughs> wow. popular okay. culture has led me to believe that that is not a gift and you will die alone if you treat it that way. Only but, if you're a girl though, because a guy yeah. like being single in your twenties is like, yeah. Yeah, it's um he quotes he quotes Paul a lot, like the um the apostle Paul, which I think is interesting because he's worst apostle. Exactly. Paul, Paul is the of course this guy likes Paul. Like exactly. <laughs> I think I, I started noticing it and just like ticked off account like every time he quoted Paul. That's a tricky um, game right there. Every time Josh Harris take quotes a shot. the Apostle Paul, take a shot. <laughs> take a bone rip. Uh, oh damn. But it's as you go on, like I kind of just made notes on every chapter. Like then he, you know after the seven habits of highly defective dating, then he has the five attitude changes that help you avoid defective dating. Granted, this is from a 20 year old. I do want to say, I do want to say that the gift of singleness aside, that's stupid, but I don't necessarily disagree with all the things that you said, just a little snippet. Yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, I didn't list them all off. Um, And basically the, the habits that he, you know, some of them that, you know, he's saying my unmarried years are a gift of God. That is a, an, a new attitude change to help you avoid a defective dating. 
Um, intimacy is the reward of commitment. I don't need to pursue a romantic relationship before I'm ready for marriage. Um, I will avoid situations that could compromise the purity of my body or mind. Um, so then you're like, oh, okay, like the, the seven, you know, the seven habits of highly defective dating. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, maybe you should have some maturity about it. Maybe yeah. you're I mean, not in the right I, time of your life. I think where he like falls flat here is that like just the title alone applies that there is a way to be highly effective Mm -hmm. and dating that these are just like ways that people fail at it and like he's not wrong but like wouldn't like wouldn't the answer be to be to like work on these things while you're dating (laughs) like work on like developing a friendship while you're dating someone as opposed to like uh going the full nuclear option of your like yeah this is how you don't date but just don't date at all like i mean this book could have been cut down so much it's it's honestly with you know the thanks and the credits and stuff it's over 230 pages it, it could be some yes it could be summed down so much to be like an abstinence pamphlet <laughs> yeah pretty much um there there's a great part in um there's a chapter called looking up quote love in god's dictionary and he goes back to paul because he loves quoting paul oh and he talks about the book um, Corinthians um, written to, you know, written as a letter of the Christians living in Corinth. And I have never heard this, this, um, I'm going to say fact very loosely. Um, he said um, in Paul's day, writing to Corinthians about God's love was the equivalent of writing a letter on family values to Hollywood today. Corinthian was synonymous with immorality to quote play the Corinthian was to give oneself to sexual pleasure a Corinthian girl was another word for a prostitute um those are also some phrases I want to start using in my (laughs) my speech um maybe as just like an in joke but I had never heard those before maybe it's true I don't know how much research a 21 year old before the internet was really widespread. Wide, widespread. Corinthian, Corinthian girl sounds like a hollow note song. <laughs> like, uh, whenever I hear Corinthian, I think of Ricardo Montalban and the rich Corinthian leather. Oh you know my gosh, I do. <laughs> Such a random reference. <laughs> but yeah, he, he loves Paul. Um, fun fact is Elizabeth Elliot was also on, I think, like the panel or board that um that actually developed the niv bible um so it's interesting because he goes back and forth between the new living translation and the niv bible okay like he he definitely has a preference for the new living translation um uh, you don't so, think he likes you don't think he likes the uh the niv no i mean i grew up with niv and i liked it yeah. but it's it's that's another thing it's like you you start realizing how many translations there are and some of the differences are kind of innocuous but some of it's like no this has a whole different message yeah i mean i know that like um like with john 316 that that can really change depending on like what translation you have like i've i've seen translations like i think it's like the ethiopian translation where like um Instead of uh, whoever shall believe in him, it's like whoever shall follow him. And those are two different, like, very different meanings. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. 
Uh, like, cause like believe in him just makes it sound like all you got to do is like believe in Santa Claus and you'll get presents. Whereas yeah. like follow makes it sound like you have to like, you have rules you have to go by, you know? Which, you know, rationally speaking, you'd think that you couldn't just be like on your deathbed or like before your prison execution and be like, oh yeah, I accept God now. Like that's a yeah. cheap way out. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not dedicating your life. To, uh, dedicating your life to to sin and then recanting on your deathbed yeah just like <laughs> that's amazing that jeffrey epstein did that oh <laughs> i mean would, would he be would he be saved because mm, he killed himself right like or did that's he the thing I have problems with where it's like <laughs> they shouldn't be <laughs> These rules are so they're so wishy-washy. Um, I mean, but like, uh, I know this is a whole different thing. We shouldn't get into this right now, but um, it's like, yeah, Jesus. I don't know how you got on Jeffrey Epstein while we're talking about like, his dating. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, like Jesus talks about in Matthew 25, he talks about like, you know, goats and sheep, and like how goats mm-hmm. aren't going to heaven, and like, that's definitely like in the face of this idea that all you have to do is like believe in jesus like technically he's also talking about two different species of animals which goats are much smarter than sheep anyway so i think i think it might be uh an allegory <laughs> it could be but i'm gonna play it safe and and <laughs> i think he's, he's actually talking about goats versus sheep <laughs> Yeah, I, I would, you know, there's all dogs go to heaven. I would totally watch all goats go to hell. All goats go to hell, man. But goats are better than sheep. Yeah, they're cool. They got weird eyes, though. You're they getting do. distracted from the direction of purity, which is... Well, goats are not pure. Goats are <laughs> like a symbol of Satan. So we can... Jeremy, pivot right back into this. <laughs> So the beginning of this chapter that's talking about purity, of course, the way he sets it up is while in high school, I attended a weekend church retreat in which we discussed the topic of sexual purity. During one session, our pastor asked all of us students to anonymously fill out survey cards that would let him know, quote, how far kids in the group had gone physically with each other. I would is this is, is this the modesty survey or is this something different? This is I've never heard of that, but okay. He, so basically, going on, he provided a rough scale for them to use, assigning numbers to levels of physical intimacy based on their seriousness. Which, in my mind, I'm thinking the sinfulness. Um, the activities ranged from light kissing at number one to sexual intercourse at number ten. And the pastor asked them all to write down the highest number that they had reached. And his lasting memory from this is like his buddies are looking over and they're like, what score did you get, man? And they're like, I got eight, almost nine. Oh, wow. Um, That's I always had issues with like youth groups and pastors doing this kind of stuff where it's like, hey, anonymously, like tell me about your sexual experience. Um, like, why do you need to do that? Um, What's the point of that other than being creepy? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've told you this before, but like I grew up Mormon and um, like 
I've told you that before for sure. Yes. But like uh, my, my brother who uh, is gay, like we were all at like a young men's group once and um, one of uh, the elders asked if like we, any of us had ever had same sex feelings before. Mm-hmm. And my brother and this other kid raised their hands and they took them into another room. And my brother won't talk about to this day what happened. Yeah, like, that, that just terrifies me to think about stuff like that. Like, well, why, yeah. is that not, why is that something that had to be done in front of everyone else? Um, but also the way it is handled, I'm, I'm sure, is was done horrifically. <laughs> okay, I'm only going to say this because it, like, goes with what we're talking about. But, like, um, the modesty survey, interestingly enough, is because it sounded like what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um was done by the revolution okay oh. which is yeah his which is the harris's yeah um his brothers uh did the modesty survey which is this like 148 questions um where like uh christian boys answer questions about modesty and how modest okay. they are um but so when that it sounds says a modesty, lot like it's not like close it's probably like have you had sex or yeah, it, it, it has, it's, it's actually, I think it's like, um, what, they asked 1,500 Christian males, like, a bunch of questions about, like, what do you think if a girl has, like, you know, touched a boy? What do you think if mm-hmm. a girl has, like, done this? But it's like, it's, I, I guess it's, like, really, like, skewed to, like, how modesty is something that girls are supposed to do. And yeah, like, I'm, I'm reading it about it right now. So, yeah. <laughs> put out in 2007, so it was 10 years after this book, um, yeah. and it, the so this is on the website homeschoolersanonymous.net and it mentions that you know the the two that put it out are homeschoolers uh josh harris's brothers the the survey is down now but i would that is very i would be very interested to read about that that's interesting that you're talking about how like josh is telling the story about how like they kind of gave them a similar thing and then like his brothers are like we're gonna like we're gonna make this huge yeah (laughs) Well, um, and and the funny thing is too in this same chapter. So what it goes into is one of the one of the sections where he's he he loves making lists of like this is how you can stay pure. Like these are your habits you need to pick up. Um, he actually has two different sections that says the guy's responsibility and the girl's responsibility. So some of the the phrases I noticed in the guy's responsibility, it was like we need to stop acting like hunters to try to catch girls and be seeing ourselves as warriors standing guard over them. How do oh we my do God. this? Before we must realize, um, excuse me, first we must realize, this is the kicker, that girls don't struggle with the same temptations that we struggle with. We wrestle more with our sex drives while girls struggle more with their emotions. That's just like a huge <laughs> just generalization um yeah so because like because guys call back guys are the ape exactly that's, yeah <laughs> there's just so much there's there's so many different properties of these two books and <sighs> what would what would you guess that the section that says the girl's responsibility would say <laughs> the girl's responsibility mm-hmm. uh is probably to be pure to like to tell guys no to stop um to make themselves like, like you just have to be on def- the defense yeah yeah and then the, the men are like the protective warriors yeah um 
So the way this section starts, it only has has about three paragraphs compared to like five <laughs> or six for the guys, which okay. is a guy writing the guys. Sure. Girls, you have an equally important role. Remember the wayward women we discussed earlier? Those those are the Corinthian women, if you know. Um, <laughs> your job is to keep your brothers from being led astray by her charms. Please be aware of how easily your actions and glances can stir up lust in a guy's mind. So not only is it like, don't look at a guy funny, like you need to protect him from these Bathsheba's. Um, <laughs> and then the second paragraph was, was one I just starred immensely. Um, you may not realize this, but we guys most commonly struggle with our eyes. I think many girls are innocently unaware of the difficulty a guy has in remaining pure when looking at a girl who is dressed immodestly. Now, wow. I don't want to dictate your wardrobe, okay. but honestly speaking, I would be blessed if girls considered more than fashion when shopping for clothes. Yes, Burkes. guys are responsible for maintaining self-control, but you can help by refusing to wear clothing designed to attract attention to your body. And I was like, damn, sorry for wearing yoga pants. <laughs> I'm supposed to be protecting these men from the wayward women not becoming one myself. So Ooh. that was like, that's for me when the light bulbs are like, oh, yeah, when um, when probably women, you know, yeah. sent him, you know, letters that said like, hey, like, your book fucked me up. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, like, Josh Harris seems like the kind of person, just by what you're telling me, that would, like, tell a girl to smile because she looks oh, better when she smiles. Probably. But, like, but, but then, like, criticize girls for smiling and giving them, like, signals. Right? You know what I mean? Or like, 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 hey, that dress is a l- it's very pretty, but it's a little short and shows too much of your arms and legs. Um, please stop tempting me. Put this uh, potato sack on. Exactly. Like I'm gonna hold up. I'm gonna carry around like a bed sheet that I'm just gonna put in front of you when you're tempting my brothers. Um, what mm-hmm. is wrong with you? I'm protect. And yeah, I'm sure it would default to like I'm protecting you. I'm a warrior. I'm a white knight, good guy. So that's when I started to connect the dots. Where it's just okay. Yeah, that if if I were a girl reading that, I'd be like. Um, I mean, okay, 21-year-old homeschool dude um, writing this book. Um, yeah, I could definitely see how that would, like, fuck you up. Especially if you're, like, a young Christian girl and, like, maybe you just were, like, sexually assaulted or, like, somebody, like, advanced on you in a very inappropriate way and then you were reading this book, you would start to, like, blame yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just like the arrogance that the way this book is written and i think i think that's why when he he you know he has an apology statement online and he's like i yeah. am sincerely sorry and yeah because if he had just said you know these are my thoughts and this is what i'm doing if he had presented it that way there would be no re- reason to apologize right like yeah and yeah. <laughs> you know i think i think he realizes he was probably very naive and young yeah, when he wrote 21. this. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like I've written some don't, stuff don't write a book from at older 21. than that and I like I'm just like oh my god like did I really think that? <laughs> I just like 
I think Ben Shapiro, who's another callback, because he's Mr. Wonderful. But like, uh, he started writing when he was like 18 and getting published in like big publications. And it's just like, why does anybody want to hear from anybody that fucking young? Like, I mean, you don't, you don't, you haven't figured anything out. Or like people, it's like, have you ever even been to another country? Have you spent time with people who are not Christian? Because all of your, all of your examples in this book are like, we were talking to my youth group or like my dad and mom told me this. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's very insulated. Um, he talks about, you know, how can you be friends with girls? And he used the example of, I'm sure everyone has seen that there's that Tootsie Roll Pop commercial where there's like an owl and the kid's like, Mr. Owl, how long does it take? Tootsie Roll Pop. And the, the arrogant owl's like one, two, three, and he like bites it. But um, he relates that to being friends with girls um because he was super mad at the owl um to just bite it and ruin the question um and he said when i consider friendship with girls i feel like that boy i don't want to reach the chewy center of romance i just want to be friends like all right then be be friends with some girls like it's not hard like (laughs) You can be friends with some girls and date other girls. Yeah. I mean, like, I think you can. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can. I mean, he does (laughs) say guy-girl relationships or friendships. I escalated there, um, unlike Josh wants us to do. Um, They can be pure, inspiring, and educational. I was like, oh, like. Yeah, I think think our relationship is educational. Russell teaches me a lot about weed. (laughs) <laughs> uh you teach me about a lot of stuff you send me the weirdest shit on the internet and... <laughs> yeah um, i that's that's actually one of my uh i think a lot of people know me for that like i'll just send shit um send shit to people randomly and they're like what the fuck is this i'm like oh, oh, i love hi. it i love it i see i see that i got something from you i'm like i'm gonna save this I can't read it now because I, I need to focus on what it is. Especially if it's like a McSweeney's post or something. I'm like, I need I need to settle into this one. Yeah, <laughs> like, so I always have a running list of, of things. Um, I've been saving, saving the special one for this podcast. Remember we talked about um, Josh's, um, what he considers a traumatizing experience. Um, this happened in Denver, Colorado. Um, okay. let's see. He was 21 when he wrote us. He doesn't, um, doesn't say when it happened. Um, an experience I had while visiting Denver opened my eyes to my own laxity toward lust. One afternoon, I was walking from my hotel to the convention center downtown. A group of three guys walked past me in the opposite direction. They smiled in a way that seemed odd. They whispered and laughed as they passed me. And for some reason, Those actions made me uncomfortable. What was bothering me? I pushed my discomfort out of my mind and went on. But a few minutes later, a car pulled up beside me. The same three guys were inside. This time, I could in no way mistake their intent, nor the reason I'd felt strange. These guys were homosexuals and were checking me out. They whistled and winked and laughed at my bafflement. 
Finally, they sped away, leaving me to fume. That I'll did never, not happen. I'll never no. forget the anger and disgust I felt in that moment. I was outraged to have served as an object of their lust and have their eyes crawling all over me. It was so wrong, so filthy. I remember turning to God in self-righteous anger and hissing through my clenched teeth. Those people are so sick. The gentle rebuke God whispered to my heart caught me off guard. Joshua, your smug heterosexual lust is just as misplaced, just as disgusting in my sight. Um, that, that's, that, I'm calling hashtag, bullshit. Uh, forward slash that happened. No. Okay, so listen, at most, at most, he's in Denver. I, I think they that, were just I believe that making fucking fun of him. I think, I think, I think maybe there's one guy at most. I would have made fun of this guy. And it's like, <laughs> I think, I think if, if somebody like gave him any kind of signal, like one yeah. guy like winked at him and just, that like, made him so uncomfortable. The or way some... he wrote this, just like, I know this sounds really cliche, but like it made me feel sick that he was just like my body was being watched by homosexuals, and it's like I I feel like he's trying. My my thought on this was he was trying to reach like the female teenage readers of this and be like, oh yeah, I felt this too, just like you felt it, and also like. You know, especially in the late 90s. I mean, like, I remember, I, I grew up Mormon, but, and that was and a whole other thing, but like, just like the the hysteria ar- around like gay assault, like, yeah. young men, young men like my age, we, we, were, we, we grew up being like thinking, thinking guys were just gonna rape us. Like, we probably grew up thinking that the way that women, you know, are actually treated was gonna happen to us. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, and uh, I mean I I do think too it's like I mean granted, you know, women can also sexually assault men. Like it's they can, for sure. There's it's it like compounded. It's like not only you're gonna get, you know, sexually but, assaulted, but it's gonna be from another man. And the the problem with talking about that is you know it it's a reality. Like when there are women who like rape men, like a minority, but they do. But like men can't wrap their heads around it because a lot of men have a sexual fantasy that women are going to do that yeah I mean, and, and this, so like they can't separate <laughs> they can't separate their own fantasy at least josh harris can is what i'm saying what i'm saying is i give him credit at least within the context of this book for being able to recognize that like you know that probably is how women feel you know thinking that they're going to be like whether he was right or wrong yeah probably, i mean yeah pro- that if you if know i had a, a situation like that where you know three guys drove in a car and i would just be like get the fuck away from me like and that's way more likely feel, to happen i'm not gonna feel disgusted i'm just you know yeah. and like, everyone's that's... different you know i think you know i can't be like well you should have just like told him off it's yeah i i don't like how he presented it in the way mm-hmm. of like he presents in a way of like this was a wrong thing that happened to me yeah but also he uses it to like bolster his own like views on you know lust you know if if he's lusting after women he's like well god said that when you do it it's also (laughs) disgusting yeah it's just like very self-serving and like 
It's that kind you're right. Gross. Like like he 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 almost comes to the right conclusion, but right there at the end he fumbles it. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, because like I'll say that like I I was with uh, a friend of mine in Buckley, Washington, which is a little shithole town. It's definitely not uh, Denver. <laughs> um, and we were at a gas station, and these fucking rednecks in a truck uh, came up, and then like they they like hollered at her and then on our way out of the gas station that was on our way in on the way out they were waiting in the parking lot and they were whistling and asking for her phone number and shit Mm. and like that did make me like super uncomfortable oh yeah yeah that shit that shit happens to me all the time out here and i'm like yeah what like (laughs) yeah um and in in light of that like i can see where this book is like oh men be warriors and protect our sisters it's like stuff like you know it's i think everyone has that realization where it's like oh wow like people just treat you that way and it's like yep right normal um to then i you know the the idea of kind of trying to halt that behavior or but easier said than done when you're out in buckley um right outnumbered and you have no idea what uh, these guys are gonna do. I mean, I, I told them to shut the fuck up. I mean, like, oh, nice, good for you. Well, yeah, no, I'm not gonna fucking just stand there and take it, <laughs> like, for for on her behalf. I mean, you know what I mean, like, and she's a she's tough. She could have kicked out all their asses anyway. I mean, like, um, but it's she she was more like I'm gonna ignore it. Let's just go. Yeah. And I I don't know. They were jackasses. That was several years ago. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you still remember it, so I, I remember it very know. vividly. I could, I could probably pick one of those guys out of a lineup, mm. like to this day. It, you probably it, would have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that he's been in the lineup. He looks like a rapist, even in my head right now, picturing him. Um, enough about that, though. <laughs> Back to Joshua Harris. Yes. Um, is there any positives about this book? Like, is there any, like... I mean, I can see, like, he... Some of the reasons he kind of talks about, you know, when you're... When you have a relationship that, you know, even if you're not doing anything physical, I think he does try to relate that that does, you know, for lack of a better term, distract or, you know, it... it, the the one he example he gives you know it's it's a christian couple and they're dating and but they just don't have time to you know they're spending all the time with each other that they just don't have time to actually do you know what they want to pursue in life whether it's like hobbies or career and you know i get that but at the same time it's like it sounds like you you know he's giving people tips about defective dating it's like you should not just be throwing away all your other you know things you enjoy in life or your interests because you're you're dating um yeah i mean i feel like he he repeats a lot of the same stuff over and over and it is it you know there is almost like a guilt complex you know especially if you know this book was meant for both you know men and women and so reading this as a woman where it's like oh you need to choose better clothes and a lot of the exam you know he does give examples of women in here who are you know christian that you know he he uses the phrase like oh um 
you know, it's a, she's a good girl, um, loves her mama, loves horses. Um, but also, you know, dress modestly, stuff right. like that. So it's, it hasn't aged well. Um, he, one of his, his last chapters in the book, um, chapter 14 is called what matters at 50. And one of the, one of the things he wrote kind of bothered me. Um, he said, he used the example um, talking about kind of like superficial and, you know, surface attraction. Um, and he uses the, he, he says he creates a little game. Um, Cause you know, that, that, <laughs> that, you know, usually it's in a movie, you know, girl walks into a room and, you know, eyes tor- turn towards her and, you know, right. they're, you know, oh, no, I'm an idiot and I'm going to be bumbling. Um, he says, to cure this tendency, I've created a little game. When I meet a beautiful girl and I'm tempted to be overly impressed by her external features, that's a very nice way of just saying like boobs. Um, yeah. <laughs> I try to imagine what this girl will look like when she is 50 years old. If this girl's with her mother, this game doesn't take too much imagination. This girl may be young and pretty now, but what happens when the beauty fades? Does anything within her beckon to me? Is it her character that radiates and draws me towards her? Or is it just the fact that her summer dress just shows off a little too much of her tan? So what if her female outline captures my eye today? When pregnancies add stretch marks and the years add extra pounds, will this something in this girl's soul continue to attract me and i'm like damn dude wow. like go fuck yourself josh harris i mean first of all i just i just googled him he's 46 so he's almost 50 yeah. bald as a motherfucker <laughs> i know i want to be like was this man going to be bald <laughs> um i i i i do feel now like i genuinely feel from what i've read from him and kind of the present day like i feel like he would be extremely embarrassed reading that um, good you should be embarrassed for reading that but he also needs to know that um sometimes the years don't add pounds uh sometimes the months do and sometimes it's when you're still in your 20s and your 30s <laughs> but he he definitely goes so he he actually has um, he says that personal discipline um, and looking at how this person uses their time, how they handle money, how they take care of their body, um, which is in the same exact chapter. And he says, we should not fault a person because of the things that they cannot control, height, features, and in some case, weight. Neither should we be overly concerned with the external, which this goes in direct contrast with how we open this chapter. Um, uh, The way a person cares for their body tells us something about that person's character. And then he goes into how does this person's, how does this person dress? A girl who dresses modestly may catch a guy's attention, but what does her clothing say about her heart? And then it talks about guys you know, because guys can never dress immodestly, but it talks about guys spending all their money on like fashion. Um, Mm. And then it says, next, how do they care for their body? Do they have a self-disciplined um, eating uh, eating habits? Do they have a reasonable and consistent program of staying fit? And then he's like, okay, this Josh, no fatties. We get it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then he's like, well, we shouldn't be obsessed with exercise. I'm like, Dude, just you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Wow. <laughs> so 
Um, <laughs> what will they look like when they're 50? I know. Uh, That's what I always think when I look at people. I'm like, I'm not going to be dating them yet, but like they're impressing me now. But what are they going to look like when they're. I've seen some. This has been definitely some attractive 50 year old guys. Have you seen <laughs> Paul Rudd? We bring up oh, Paul Rudd, Rudd all the time in our conversations. We do. Paul Rudd is yummy. So next time when you I would I would totally objectify Paul Rudd if I saw him in next time like, I would I would get in my car and I'd drive right around at the Denver airport and I would whistle at Paul Rudd. I'll put Tina Fey out there too, just to <laughs> if if we've got you know, we got I gotta have, you know, both um both genders. I don't think I don't even know if she's fifty. Both oh, she's gen- 50. Okay. Is that what you just said? Both genders. Is that really the, how you want to? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> two attractive fifty-year-olds. Is she fifty? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So. Looking good, Tina Fey. But you know, um, Josh Harris was not concerned about disgusting Hollywood um, I, and their I lack bet- of family values. I bet if uh, Josh Harris saw Tina Fey in 1997, what he imagined she'd look like at 50 is not what she would look like at What she actually <laughs> looks like at 50. They have stretch marks and they're horribly overweight. <laughs> but yeah, I don't... This book, I'll let you borrow it because it's, it's a trip. Um, there's some that, you know... I, I, yeah, I mean, wow. It sounds like... This guy's got everything figured out at 21. Yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely going to read the documentary because oh. I do want to see, even reading some of the quotes in this book, it was just painful. Um, is, wow. Um, I kissed dating goodbye. And reading <laughs> it, I think it sounds like he had maybe like one or, he had like a two-year relationship um okay but yeah i don't and how long was he married to his wife for before they separated so he so he got married to his wife in 1988 a year after this book came out and they they separated in 2019 um okay so that's a good run yeah i mean i don't you know 20 years i mean like 21 years yeah i don't think you can just discount that and be like "Mm," like you're like he's obviously a very different person than he was at yeah. twenty-one when he wrote like, this. Like I mean, there, 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 there are people who who didn't ascribe to this crazy ass ideology, and they didn't have relationships that lasted twenty-one years. So yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, yeah. I mean, he, you can't say that like his marriage is a failure because of how he believed, but like, yeah, of course. Um, God, I mean, he he was fucked up in- thoughts though. I mean, I mean, he definitely, <laughs> he definitely even got into the whole like, maybe like don't even kiss before you got married. Like, what's the difference between like a kiss and holding hands? It's like, okay, like holding hands is not having sex in public. <laughs> well, it depends. Are your fingers interlocking? <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's where it gets sinful. Yeah, when you get into the like webbings of the fingers, that's when it's like erogenous zone. <laughs> there, there <laughs> was, um, there is a quote from the purity chapter that was 
pretty cringe. Um, oh, let me hear Many, it. many non-Christians view sex as a bodily function on the level of scratching another person's back. They engage in sex whenever and with whomever they want. It just reminds me of those Maury episodes with the 14-year-old girls. They're like, I've slept with 57 different men. I almost said women. Um, Men, and I want a baby. And then they send them to jail. And then they're like, I don't want to have a baby anymore. I have found Jesus. (laughs) Um, Damn. But that, I... I'm just going to wrap up the book there because it... I don't know why I tasked myself with reading this book. But I, I did really the, I did it for the greater good so I can know what is what in, is thing. Can I tell you what I wish would happen? Like in an alternate reality, I think, I like to think anyway, that Josh Harris at 21, instead of writing this book, uh, went on a mission uh, to the Sentinel Islands <laughs> <laughs> and tried to uh, mission to the Sentinelese and got struck by a spear instead of writing this book. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, that, he's the kind of person that would do that, right? Like, Not as much as John Allen Chow. What, what's that? Not as much as <laughs> Yeah, I guess. that That's a level of narcissism. That yeah, just, yeah. I will, I will be the one that brings Jesus to these people. <laughs> like... Maybe you should just stay in the States, maybe. Yeah, you, you know, Christian. Or just maybe, like, literally just help people. Like, you know, religion aside. Yeah, I mean, like, Jesus didn't, like, go to islands and, like, you know, tell people to believe in him. He, like, washed feet and shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he fed the homeless and help people turn over the tables in the temple yeah i fucked them up oh man that'd be a sweet video game (laughs) uh but you you could never uh, defeat pontius Pilate, the final the final boss you could never (laughs) like you have to like you have to like mash the buttons to ascend at the end and you're like fuck yeah, you, you need the Konami code in order to like ascend. This is why I have like, a turbo button on my on my controller so I don't have to button mash stuff. Oh wow. <laughs> I get the Jesus achievements. But yeah. Jesus achievements. I um I do remember they'd have off those like those rip-off like Sega and Super Nintendo games. I remember one at a youth group thing where it was like a rebranded like Wolfenstein, but it was Christian. It's like what? This game is originally about Nazis. Isn't that good enough? Wow. So. All right. Yeah. Good episode. Yeah. I. We, like we, we went on a roller coaster. I know. This is the most exciting thing I'm doing on Super Bowl Sunday. So take that as, as you will. Well, there you go. All right. See you next time. Later.